Today is, uh, is, has been designated around the world as an international day of prayer for the persecuted church. And, uh, and we have, you know, I, 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 I can't say enough about how God has blessed the house of prayer, I believe, because we have a heart for missions and because, you know, I mean, we get to partner and be a part literally around the world with what he's doing. Um, and, and early on, as I'd planned a long time ago, that we would take time uh, today to pray for the persecuted church. And um, I, I'd planned on do that. And uh, I had a message on the golden rule. That's Matthew 5, 12. That's where we are. Or Matthew 7, 12. That's where we're coming up on. And, and I, I'm, I was excited. I've never preached a message on the golden rule. And I'm working and praying. And the Lord just spoke to my heart. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm going to obey him this morning. I'm going to ask you to join me in obedience to that because I want us to go to war. I want, see, I, I'm not interested in being a part of the status quo. And I'm not interested in being part of a church that just wants to run out the clock. I believe the Lord is returning. I believe his return could be imminent. I really, I, I, I do. And I long for that. We look around us, and, uh, and it's, it's not pessimism, man. It's just, I'll say, Lord, you're the only one that can straighten out this mess that, the, that mankind has got themselves into without you, okay? I, I know he's coming back. His word says it. I believe it. I know it. It's not a matter of, it's not my opinion. It's not a poll on it. God said it. I believe it, and that settles it, right? And as a matter of fact, just God said it, and that settles it. I don't have to believe it whether you believe it or not, okay? It's truth. He's coming back. And, and because of that and because we find ourselves living in this chaos. Uh, we look around us internationally. We, we look around us nationally. I was just talking, was talking with, a, with a person between services. They'd just come back from overseas. And, and they were talking about that in, uh, in the, where they, the country they were in overseas, that they, people from countries, many different countries around the world, were, were, would engage them in conversation about what is happening to all their countries, in their countries, morality, down the tubes, in their country, things that were just never happened a few years ago, and now they're there. So as we live within this, in the times that God has allowed us and called us, you see, I believe that he knew and he knows, and he's chosen you and he's chosen me to be here, Andy, today, today, as a part of what he's, what he's doing. I'm not interested in being a church that just tries to run out the clock and say, okay, we can meet, we can get, let's just keep, you know, let's, 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 let's put centuries on the walls and let's keep the world from invading us. Shoot, no. I'm interested in going out there and being aggressive and taking as many to heaven with us as we can. And, I, and uh, I'm excited. I just got a, got a text Wednesday night after, after the youth group and a text and here's a group of, of guys around and, and they, they, they just had prayed with a young teenage boy to ask Jesus into his heart. And, I, and I'm rejoicing. That's awesome. And I pray that the house of prayer is a church that we live up to our name and that Satan fears when we gather together to pray. And Satan fears when, when Christians fall on their knees and pray. I, I can't say this from the pulpit, but after first service, somebody come up and says, I want it to be where Satan says, oh crap, the house of prayer is praying. Now, I would never say that. <laughs> I, 
I, Barbie would fuss at me if I said that from the pulpit. But I'm, my, my grandmother said, they used to say, my grandmother, that's just secondhand cussing. You're just telling somebody else. But I want, I want Satan to fear when God's people pray. I, okay? I, I want him to, to, to know that. So this morning, as we have this opportunity to pray for the persecuted church around the world, I'm asking you to suit up with me and let's go to war. Now, I'm going to read, uh, as we suit up, I'm going to read, the, you can read with me from Ephesians 6, this important scripture of preparation. And then as we, as we start, well, let's do this first. Ephesians 6, starting with verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles, this is so critical, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We talk about, and this is the verse identifies it, that as we go to war, the war is fought in the heavenly realms that we don't see with our natural eyes, but it's real, even more real than that which we can see. It's a spiritual battle. And the moment the enemy gets us, our focus off the what's happening in the spiritual realm, and we look and we think that our struggle and our battle are, is against individuals or against parties or against organizations, then we have lost part of the battle because it, it is fought in the heavenlies and it must be fought with spiritual weapons. So he's reminding us that, okay? Therefore, because this is a spiritual battle, we're to put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, and I would say today, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, keep standing. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. God's word is true. God's word does not have to be polled to see if we trust it. God's word does not have to be dissected. God's word is to be obeyed, okay? Put on the belt of truth around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And now listen to Paul's personal request. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Paul was writing this to the Ephesian church from prison. And he says, pray that I may declare it fearlessly. I think King James says boldly as I should. So Father, I would pray now, Lord, as we suit up, as we understand the days like the men of Issachar, 
And Lord, as we understand and as we get ready to go to battle, as we realize we're in this conflict, Lord, may our uniform fit perfectly. Lord, may we understand the operation and the utilization of every valuable piece. And Lord, may we yield and wield efficiently and effectively the sword of the Spirit of God that you would accomplish all that you desire. In your name I pray, amen. So what I'm gonna do is I'm asking you to pray with me. I've got some guidelines here. We're gonna go through this with some scripture. Pray for some different uh, specific things for the Christians that are not only in, in Syria or Iran or Iraq or North Korea or Sudan, but there's persecution going on everywhere. There's perse- there are those in our country that have lost jobs because they've dared to take a stand for Christ. There are those in our, our country who have lost businesses because they wouldn't cater or wouldn't participate in the ungodly uh, uh, commerce of homosexuality. So the persecution, as a prayer has been prayed, the persecution is there. But I'm going to be sharing scriptures. And what I'd ask you to do with me as I've invited you to go to battle. And let me share with you what I think may be a battle that you have to fight in the pew before we fight in the heavenlies. As we pray, and as I read scripture, and as we pray, there's going to be a struggle to keep your mind focused. Because part of you are going to be thinking... Wow, I wonder why he's doing this today. This is not a sermon like we ought to be hearing. There's going to be a struggle of thinking about, well, what, are we, you know, what we've got planned this afternoon or what we're going on. And, and let me just tell you, the only way I know, the, the best way I know to combat that is look, and this verse says, and pray. What if it was these kids that stood up? What if it was in Blairsville? What if it was your family? And then secondly is to focus on the word of God that I'm going to be sharing before each time we pray. Because it's, only, it's in his word and as we, as we find in his word that he, he, he's very clear as he instructs us on how to pray for our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And I'm going to, I'll be calling on somebody. I'm going to ask Fred Freeman to come up and he's going to get ready. And, and none of these guys knew this. I started, I prayed about asking them to do this early, but I felt like if I did that they probably would be sick and wouldn't come. No. <laughs> Come on up, Fred. The first thing I want us to pray for this morning, as Fred comes up here, is to pray for the Christians that are in prison and are in jail because of their faith. Again, Hebrews 13, 3 says, continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Now, for those of you that want to jot this down, you can write down Psalms 102, 18 through 21. You can let Psalm 79 says, let the groans of the prisoners come up before you. Psalm 79, 11. Psalm 69, 33 says, for the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own people who are prisoners or who are captives. I think, it, I think NIV says captives. Fred, I'm gonna ask you to pray. For those brothers and sisters this morning who find themselves, some of them are in prison waiting on execution. Some of them are in prison or waiting on trials that are a mockery. Some of them have never had trials at all, but they're in prison and don't know how long to be there. But brother, pray for them, for us, please. Oh, 
Lord, as we come before you this morning, we, uh, my mind goes to John the Baptist. He was awaiting execution. And his mind instantly went to wondering if his cousin was really the Christ. And he had to know that. He wanted that settled before he gave his life. Lord, all these that are all over the world today in prisons, we wonder, we ponder what their thoughts are. But God, we, we don't have to wonder and we don't have to doubt that you are a faithful God. And through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that you give peace. Even, Lord, as we are facing imminent death, I believe, dear God, that your angels are already encamped all around us. And Lord, I'm a firm believer in the dying grace of a saint of Almighty God. So God, while we that live uh, battle with fear and doubt and confusion, Lord, I believe those that are getting ready to come into your presence have got such a calm assurance because you have sent your messengers to not just camp around them, but to escort them into your presence. And God, as they take their last breath here, and their first one in your presence. What an awesome thing. And God, this father had it right when he said, we only have one life to live and we might as well live it for you. God, you have not called any of us to send missionaries around the world. God, you've called all of us and the command is clear, dear Lord. You didn't say send, you said go. So God, regardless of where we go, our job is not so much to send as it is to go. Whether it be here or whether it be on foreign soil, we are all missionaries. Every born again child of God has an obligation because you have commissioned us to fulfill making disciples around this world. And Lord, you picked a place and we know in our heart because you communicate clearly where we're to be so God help us to be faithful to that call and Lord I pray that uh, these that we're lifting up right now will know because you let them know through your Holy Spirit that they are loved and not forgotten and this we pray in Jesus name amen I'm, I'm looking, is Jim Powell here this morning? Jimmy, are you here? Okay, Jim, as Jim makes his way down, I want us to pray for strength for those that are being persecuted this morning. Uh, Philippians 4.13, Isaiah 40, but 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me 
That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I'm weak, then you're strong. Isaiah 33, 2 says, O Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning, our salvation in the time of distress. Isaiah 40, 29 through 31 says, He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not faint. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. First Peter says, And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Jim, I'm going to ask you if you will pray for strength for Christians this morning as they face persecution. Holy Father, we thank you for being a God that loves us so much that you sent your son. We thank you for the gifts that you have given us, Lord. But we thank you most of all for being our strength, for being there with us, Lord. None of us have it in us to be strong. None of us can walk without failures and without flaws. But Lord, we just rely on you. And as Fred was praying there and pointing out that each of us in our own ways are missionaries, whether we're here or overseas. Lord, help us to be those good soldiers, those good representatives, to be people that let your light shine through their hearts and their lives and every fiber of their being. Give us that strength to face the challenges around us, to face the powers of darkness, to face the struggles and the challenges from outside and from within us, Lord. Be that strength, guide us, direct us, help us to find that joy and that, that pure determination to walk with you each step of the way, to put our faith and our trust, our whole heart, Lord, into you to keep our focus, to keep our eye truly on the prize, and you are the prize, Lord. Let our journey be one that is productive for you. Help us to abide in the vine. Be our strength, O oh Lord. And those that are in need, that face those troubles and challenges overseas and here, Lord, those in prisons, those in all those different circumstances that are challenged, Lord, just be there with them. Let them feel your comfort and your love let them feel your protecting hand, for we know the journey's end. And we seek you, Lord, in all things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, As Don McAllister makes his way from the very back pew up here, I'd like to ask you to pray with Don as he prays for boldness for those who are persecuted. Just word this week from... Some Christians in, in Mosul, in Aleppo, in Erbil, in some of these towns there that uh, where ISIS has it controlled and where a lot, of, a lot of battle is going on now. And this was the word that they sent. 
They said, please ask the people of your church. We're not so much concerned that they pray that we get delivered. They said, we've made a decision that if we stay, we're probably gonna die. But we're willing to stay so that we can share and go door to door to our neighbors that are here and let them know that Jesus is the only way. And we're prepared to die doing that. But ask them to pray that we would be bold. So as we pray for boldness for these persecuted Christians, verses Hebrews 13, 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man should do to me. Acts 4, 28 and 29 but everything they did, and this is the, the disciples were, were talking about those who had, were persecuting them. Everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Ephesians 6, we read it earlier. Paul asking God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles alike. We would say for the Jews, the Gentiles, the Muslims, the Arabs, it doesn't matter. I am now in chains, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Psalms 138, he said, on the day I called, you answered me. You made me bold with strength in my soul. Don, would you pray for boldness for these brothers and sisters? Heavenly Father, we come humbly to your throne, but yet you said to even come boldly. And we come boldly this morning in the name of Jesus and ask for strength and power that we have never known before. Those of us right here in this church, those in our community and our nation, and those around the world. Lord, we need holy boldness. Some of these things, Father, most all of these things that we're experiencing today the rampant sin that we would have never guessed could happen in the United States of America. It's happening because of the lack of our boldness to stand up for what is right. Oh God, make us bold servants that we can serve you boldly no matter what the results. As Paul did, Lord, and as he said, and as he even wrote in prison, he didn't buckle up and, or uh, just fade away because he's in prison what can I do Lord him here he can do nothing no Lord he wrote letters he was bold he witnessed to those around him father help us to have that holy boldness that America can see in us that we're serving a God that loves us and a God that wants to change America if we would be bold and pray Lord we pray for boldness for all those that are in situations that in the natural Lord you just couldn't handle but Lord, you are supernatural, and you can make us supernatural. Lord, you can give us strength. You can give us that boldness to stand up and not even consider the consequences. Just consider what more can we do for you. Lord, we pray this morning for all those that need boldness, and we all do. Make us bold, we pray, to proclaim the name of Jesus around the world. Amen. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Don. As Tom Langford would make his way to the stage. I believe we need to pray for comfort for those who are hurting. And there's many, as Hannah Lee shared her story. Uh, even though they raised their children uh, and their children were committed and prepared, her husband Warner was prepared to give his life. She hurts just like you and I would hurt if we lost our 15-year-old and our 17-year-old and her husband. She hurts. 
She grieves. She mourns. There are those who have lost, there are many, there are millions of displaced who have lost every material thing. That that's kind of fades in comparison to losing those loved ones. But there's a lot that hurt and they need comfort. So as, as uh, Tom gets ready to pray for comfort, let me share some verses. Matthew 5, 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Corinthians says, Praise be to the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Psalm says, God is our refuge and its strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Romans 8.18 would say, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Psalm 23.4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalms twenty two twenty four says, For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. Psalms 27 says, One thing I ask from the Lord, and this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Jesus' invitation in Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Lamentations 3 says, For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. Tom, would you pray for comfort for those who are grieving today? Father, there is none who can give comfort and peace like you. I believe, Father, in my heart, you hear no more prayers than those from people who ask for comfort. You open your arms because you know a need for comfort because it is you who gave your son. And tears fell from heaven, I am sure, to watch your son die on the cross Yet as he cried out, Father, where are you? Your heart must have broken. Father, our hearts break when we hurt, when we lose someone, when we have need, when we are frustrated, when we see things as hopeless. Yet you say, come to me. Father, our world is in chaos. And we see that, but yet, Lord, we see our own lives. And we cannot at times understand what goes on around us that is overwhelming. But, oh God, 
in the midst of a world of chaos. You are so great and so mighty. You can pick us out individually and hear our small prayers that we, we think are so big. And you love us so much, oh God, that you can reach out with your hand in the midst of a sea of world of troubles and touch us. Oh, what a mighty God you are. Father, today, as we pray for ourselves and our own problems, give us wisdom and insight, Lord, to pray for others, for those who die for the case and the cause of Christ. Give us wisdom and insight, O oh God, to, to lift up our concerns for our nation, that what happens on Tuesday, O oh God, will show your presence and your power. Though may things not turn out, O oh God, as we would wish, Help us never to forget, as the video showed today, that you still sit on your throne, and may we receive comfort from that. Oh, God, lay your hands on our heads. Let us know that you will never forsake us. Let us know that you will never leave us. Let us know all we have to do to receive your comfort is to look to you. Come now, Lord Jesus, into our lives and let us hear the words. Come unto me, those who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus, we ask. Amen. I want to ask Gary, Gary Kelly to be coming to the, to the stage. And as Gary comes, as I was praying and asking Lord, how do we pray for the persecuted church? How do we pray for our brothers and sisters effectively and efficiently? And as he shared with me, to pray for strength, to pray for boldness, to pray for those who are in chains, to pray for comfort for those who are grieving. He brought to my mind the verse in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, and we looked at it a while back. It says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless those that curse you and do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which would despitefully use you and persecute you. Hmm. Real honest with the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I don't, I don't, uh, don't want to do that. If I pray a prayer, I'm going to pray like a David. It's going to be a prayer of sick them. Get them, God. How do we do that? I talked with, uh, with some who have been there and uh, experienced said one of the most difficult things is forgiving those who have killed your loved ones brutally. How do I forgive them? How can I forgive them? And realizing that one of the greatest tools that the enemy, that Satan would use in any of our lives is unforgiveness. It doesn't have to be under persecution, but that's what we're praying for this morning. Those who, who have whose families have been divided, those who have watched family members brutally slain before their eyes and others, as we pray for their persecutors, we're not praying. Gary's not going to pray, Lord, help them do a better job. But a lot of them, not all, but for some, it may be like, a, like, like Saul on the road to Damascus. His eyes had been blinded. A lot of these, their eyes are blinded spiritually, and they've been taught from the moment they were able to toddle a lie 
They've been taught, and, they, and, and many are doing this because they, they sincerely believe it's right. We, it's hard for me to understand that. But what Gary's going to be praying for and what we're going to be praying for is two things. One, that God would open the eyes to many of the persecutors. And we've heard the stories. We've, I've heard the stories, and maybe you've read some of those, of, of, of ISIS and of, of uh, what's some of this other, Boko Haram and all this other, I don't even know all the names of them, Taliban, who have been a part of murdering and killing and butchering. And all of a sudden, a man in white appears to them in a vision or in a dream. And they realize what they're doing is not God. And many of them have laid down their swords, laid down their knives, laid down their guns, and, and been willing themselves to give their life because they realized that they had been deceived. So they're praying that their eyes would be opened. And we're praying for those who are struggling and hurting the most that they would be willing and able to forgive. I think of the story of Corey Tin Boom, who had seen all the horrors of uh, the death camps in Germany in World War II, saw her sister Betsy die, saw the brutality, the inhumanity. And after she was delivered and years later as she was speaking, one of the very persecutors in that prison camp approached her and asked for her forgiveness. And everything within her cried out, I can't. But the Holy Spirit within her said, God, help me, you can. So she took his hand and she offered forgiveness. So Gary's gonna pray for those who are persecuting and forgiveness for those who find it hard. Abba, fathers, we come to you this morning, Lord. God, we know that our brothers and sisters around the world, Lord, are in dire straits, Lord. They face things that we may never face here, but we don't know we may face those one of these days. And God, we come to you today, Lord. We ask, Father, that you would give these, Father, who have lost loved ones, who have suffered persecution, Lord, God, that you'd give them your grace, Father, that you'd give them your, you'd help them to be able to forgive, for in forgiveness, Lord, we're set free. If we keep on hating, Lord, it just binds us up in a prison, Lord. And God, they need to be free, and Lord, only you can set them free. So we ask, Father, that you'd just empower them, Lord, to be able to forgive, Lord. And Father, we come lifting up these, Lord, that are persecuting your children, Lord. God, we ask, Lord, that you would open their eyes. Lord, help us to never forget, Lord, that you died for them the same as you did for us, Lord, because you love them, Lord, and you want them to come to know you. So, Lord, we ask, God, that you just open their eyes to the truth, Lord, whether it be through somebody they're persecuting, Lord, or through a dream or a vision, Lord, however you choose, God. Lord, we hear where record numbers of Muslims are coming to know you because of what's going on around the world, Lord. They're realizing, Lord, that you are the way, and you are the truth, and you are the life. So I ask, Father, that you just help them right now, Lord, to just see you, Lord, as who you really are, that you are the God of the universe, and you love them. So I ask now, Father, that you'd open their eyes to the truth, and that you'd be glorified. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Craig, I think you have Luke 6 up there, I, I, I wanted to read, I forgot to read that, but I think it's good. Luke 6, 27 says, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, 
Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the one cheek, turn to them the other. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold from them your shirt. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what's the big deal? Even sinners do that. If you do good to those who are good to you, what's the big deal? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive payment and interest, what's the big deal? Even sinners do that. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you'll be the children of the Most High because it's He, because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. This, uh, as we, I want to end with, uh, with a, some scripture from Romans 8, remind us, and uh, says, what then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those who God has chosen? It's God who justifies. Who then is it that condemns? No one. Christ Jesus also died more than that, was raised to life. It's at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to the slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you for going to war with us this morning together. Please, I pray that in the days that are before us, as the Holy Spirit reminds you, maybe it'll be some of the scripture, maybe it'll be something that was said, a prayer or whatever, that we would continue to pray. I remember leaving right after the, the wall had broken down in Russia, and I remember leaving some Christian friends that had endured harsh persecution in Moscow, and I asked them, when I go back home, what can I tell your brothers and sisters? And they said, please tell them not to forget to pray. Thank you for doing it this morning. Would you stand with me and let's close with the, the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. God bless you.